Welcome back to Sneaking It In Week 2. Thank you, Rush, for such a wonderful lead-in. That song is what, TJ? Tom Sawyer. Thank you, Canadians. Thank you, Rush. <laughs> they truly know their music in Canada. They also brought us Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Can- Canadians. <laughs> but also Justin Bieber. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> so week one is in the books. How did everybody's season-long leagues do? How many leagues are you in, Ryan? Six, Damn. including the guillotine league, which is basically the whole premise of it is that you don't finish last place because you cut the last place team, and then all their players go on the waiver wire, and it's just a crazy scamper. I barely survived the guillotine league, so that really? was, <laughs> and then went three and two in the others. So solid, solid first week. I can't complain too much. Essentially four and two. So. Nice. How do you do, Teach? This week I did really well. Three of three finished off with Tyreek Hill and two. Wow. Of, Two of my three uh, three leagues, so he really paid off. Three of three is actually very hard to go. Three very of three. Hard, yeah. See how many more weeks like that you have. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> yes, in one of my leagues, my QB was Deshaun Watson. I did start him over Drew Brees. Wow, that's a bold call on the road. <laughs> on the road against huge, New England. Yep. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. Wah, wah. But I still won. Yeah. Thanks, Tyreek Hill. Thanks. Trust us, everyone. We are the experts. <laughs> TJ especially. Tyreek Hill, I think he's legit this year. I know. I thought you reached in the second round for him, but I think I was wrong. Yeah. Mahomes seems to be looking for him. Mahomes looks to be the real deal. I mean, he just tore up San Diego. Tore them up apart. Well, I am only in one league this year, and I was going against you, Ryan. And those who listened last week, we did technically some of the draft on the show, and Ryan had talked me out of my, my you called him my boner boy, Ezekiel Elliott, and I have to agree, I did have a big boner for Ezekiel Elliott, but then I went with Le'Veon Bell, per your advice, and I have to say, nobody listened to Ryan, because that was the worst fucking call. I was sabotaging him, I really like, no, I'm just kidding. We played each other, <laughs> I went against Two Girlies One Cup, which I had to change the name, because I don't have them anymore, per... My own rules. You can't name your team players you don't have. I changed it to Team Smash McGee. A <laughs> little bit, little bit better. I was thinking about Dirty, Dirty Kirk and the boys, but you couldn't. Uh, Dirty Kirk seeing the boys, but you can't. Too long. We also laughed at the fact that I think it was round six or seven. One of our friends picked up J- James Conner, and we all laughed <laughs> at that because we thought, oh, he picked him up so early. And that really paid off for him. I tell you what, I'm not laughing. <laughs> because la- drafting Le'Veon Bell third and watching James Conner get two touchdowns, I think Le'Veon Bell is on his way out. I-, I saw a video today of him. He was partying in Miami last night. Monday night, Le'Veon, get on a fucking football field. Do you not care about my fantasy football team? Jesus Christ. So naturally, Ryan, Team Willie Beeman for life, your team, crushed me. 171 to 20, and I even did my best to sit half your team because I'm commissioner. <laughs> I did look, so I look at my team Thursday night, and I see I'm starting Carson Wentz, who was out for the week. I think I had like Tyler Lockett, who actually didn't do bad, but basically everyone I wanted to start sitting on the bench, JJ is on the bench, and I'm in panic mode. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, there's no way. Was I drunk? Did I just black out and forget what I set for my team? And then Ryan. Eventually confessed that he's a huge fucking asshole and 
<laughs> when you called me, I should have said, yeah, you were drunk, and now I'm going to win. I should have done that to naturally handicap you because I could have had Ezekiel Elliott and Kenny Stills. But I, I went Alan Hearns and Zeke Elliott based on your recommendations. Hey, it's one week, man, one week. <laughs> but The week I play you. Yeah. See, I'm, I was trying to set you up for long-term success after week one. Week one, I, just, I wanted that 50-point win. Now, going forward, I, I have good... High hopes for your team. What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> so how about daily fantasy? How did you do D- DFS-wise, TJ? This week, not so well. Unfortunately, I did miss the hottest game. I did miss Fit- Fitzpatrick and company. Yeah, that was quite a miss. Uh, a lot of people had Drew Brees. Not that many people going for Ryan Fitzpatrick. 0.7% owned, you said, Ryan? 0.7%. Literally just... Well, St. Steve was projected to be uh, high or a strong defense this year. A lot of people thought it was going to be a blowout game with maybe a garbage time touchdown or two for Fitzpatrick at best. No one saw 41 fantasy points coming. He sprinkled a little Fitz magic all over the Superdome that day and the Saints defenders. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. I did not, and yeah, from from my perspective, I actually did pretty well in DFS, but I only grabbed. The Saints side of the game, so I'm looking back at it. I should have definitely grabbed some Ryan Fitzmagic because, man, if I would have done that along with the players I had in place, we're talking serious money. That's like quit my job, <laughs> be up, peace out. I'm DFS full time, folks, but couldn't quite get there. Couldn't quite gonna buy an island, Philippines type money. Maybe a, an island like a half square mile island. So I got to start small, but then work my way up. From that. that is DFS strategy, dude. Pick someone on the other side of the game that you think is going to be a shootout. Absolutely. And it was a miss just like the $10,000 miss we had last year when we didn't quite hit Trey Burton. Ugh, God, I don't even want to talk about that. I know, I just got really sad. Enough about the past. We look at the future here. It's sneaking it in. Ryan, how'd you do? Good segue, because I actually also look into the future. That's why week one, I only play a few slates. I'm not that into it because I like to wait for the patterns and see what happens. That being said, I did have a fair amount of the Breeze, Kamara, Michael Thomas deck, which we didn't even talk about. Had we talked about it, I probably would have done it a little bit more, but my other stack was Green and Dalton, who did really well. But I had a little bit too much Alex Collins this week, and he just didn't deliver. I had a lot of James Conner, though. Everyone loves that free square. Absolutely. That was the player that I think he was... He was actually, I thought he was going to be over 50%. In a lot of tournaments, I saw him 35 to 40. So I was surprised he wasn't going to be more highly owned than that. I saw that too. He was at 40% in the main ones that I was in. What do you think his ownership is going to be this this week? So his price tag went up. So this week, I want to say he's 7,200, if I'm not mistaken. We can we can spot check that. but So I think with the price tag going up, but having a good matchup, I still think he's 20 to 30. I would say probably... 30% would probably be a fair number. 7,000, James Conner. 7,000. I think he'll still probably be a free square here. He's going to earn all that money that Le'Veon Bell left on the table. Here's a thought. Le'Veon Bell will be going... I think he's going to be traded. I don't think he's going to be in Pittsburgh after this year. Where do you think... If he gets traded right now, where do you think he goes? Well, you got to look at teams who have cap space, so teams with rookie quarterbacks... Teams with need for a run or running game. Man, that's that's a tough one. I tell you what, I could see Le'Veon Bell in a Colts jersey. 
That actually is an interesting thought. You would think with Andrew Luck and his big contract that they wouldn't have the money to pay him, but I believe they have a ton. They actually have they're the second highest cap space of any team right now, so they could afford him. And they they don't have a running back, so that that makes sense. Honestly, you can hate on Le'Veon Bell all you want, but you know the majority of the touches in that offense have run through him the last three years. Antonio Brown gets his share, but you can't deny that. Le'Veon Bell is the focal point of that offense, and he has been for the last two years at least. He could also be posted up in a Dolphins jersey. Uh-oh. He was partying in Miami just the other week, didn't you say? Yeah, <laughs> he's just partying in Miami. Or what if he went to—this is a dark horse here. You know, LaShawn McCoy is getting a little older. What if he goes to the Bills? That would be just the ultimate fuck you. <laughs> just like, all right, Le'Veon, you want to hold out for your contract? You're going to Buffalo. Going to Buffalo. Enjoy motherfucking Buffalo, man. Blue and red. They might be the worst team that the NFL has seen for some time. That was so bad. And we'll get into Buffalo a little bit later in our podcast. Yes, Buffalo. Uh, definitely don't play anybody on their team. They're a team we want to probably target on offense as the season goes on. And that leads us to our next part of the show. Let's talk about who we're targeting on waiver wires this week. TJ, do you have any apples of your eye this week? Yes, this week I love Geronimo Allison on Green Bay. It's a hot waiver wire ad for wide receiver especially. Yeah, what's crazy about Geronimo Allison is he technically is the wide receiver too. So he's Cobb lines up in the slot. So he actually is a wide receiver on two on the team, and he wasn't really targeted. I think he was undrafted in, what was it, like 80% of leagues or something ridiculous like that. So people just don't, I don't know why people didn't take that into account, especially with Jordy leaving. Like, that's a number two receiver with one of the best quarterbacks, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. Definitely a big miss. Now, is this some positive Packers talk from you, right? Oh, fuck the Packers. But (laughs) I will say... You got to be logical when it comes to fantasy football. You got to put emotion aside. As much as I hate the Packers, you got to target players that are going to score you those delicious fantasy points. And Geronimo Allison is one of them. That's fair. Have you ever rostered Aaron Rodgers on one of your season long leagues? I can't do it. <laughs> so you can't be unemotional when it comes to this. Well, one thing, so I've always had the opinion, so my logic helps to kind of dictate that because I never take quarterbacks early usually unless it's maybe a couple rounds late as a value pick, but I believe you can get value at quarterbacks late in the draft, so I'm not usually one to target a quarterback early, and that's another reason why I've never had Aaron Rodgers. I understand. And also he's a Packer, and fuck him. (laughs) Personally, all the Packer fans that listen, probably not that many because we are pretty clear Minnesota Vikings fans, I respect your team a lot. I just wish your fans made it easier to cheer for. Aaron Rodgers is a baller. You can't deny that he put on a show on Sunday night. That comeback was absolutely crazy. I thought, so one of my good buddies, he's a big Packers fan. So we were watching the game together. He's just basically distraught. He's laying on the couch, just like eyes closed, like ready to go to bed, and just angry at the world, depressed. All of a sudden, Rodgers comes back in the game. And it's like he just immediately life back in him. His eyes lit up again, and he knew his quarterback was going to take him to the promised land. And the Bears just handed it right to them, like dropped interception and just a bunch of not well executed plays. Khalil Mack to the Packers. Khalil Mack did his best to try to win that game all on his own. I can't believe that the Raiders got rid of him. I do trust in Gruden because he wants to build his team. How he wants to build it, but damn. Yeah. I mean, he is, 
an all-pro player. He might be the best defensive player in the NFL. I just don't get how you can give somebody like that up. I mean, I get it, but I mean, why would you not want him as part of it? Like, he's not saying you have to build around him, but keep him. I mean, keep the yeah, he's, he's, that strong of a player on your team. He's young. He's versatile. He does everything right. And we saw from the other night, he, he did everything. He can do everything. He was a, a one-man wrecking crew. Uh, he didn't get much help the rest of the, the game, so that's why Aaron Rodgers was able to come back. I would like to see him pull the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hand like he did Deshaun Kaiser, though, because he looked made Deshaun Kaiser look like a little bitch. He did. <laughs> that was awesome. That was just like, oh, man. Man amongst boys. Man amongst boys out there. Absolutely. But, yeah, so that was the game. So good battle that I'll actually be attending the game next week in Green Bay. So that's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, our Vikings heading to Lambeau to go up against them. So super pumped for that. But It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. And how much are those tickets again, Ryan? We don't have to talk about that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan, all right? I wanted to go to Lambo. I wanted to see the Vikings hopefully crush the Green Bay Packers, knock on wood. So price is no op- money's no object. You probably could have bought a small, beautiful, rare puppy for the price <laughs> I could have adopted a great I could have adopted a dog for that and probably yeah, I got got to set up everything like that. I don't know, life decisions. <laughs> it's okay. I can't fault you for that. It's going to be so much fun. Back to waiver wires, Ryan. Who do you like? So this week is kind of an interesting one. I don't think there's anyone who's going to be, and I guess you never know what's going to play out, but there's not anyone that I'm super, super high in. But I think you got to look at the player that was targeted an insane amount of times and the only really true person that shined on the Raiders on, the Raiders on Monday night, Jared Cook. I believe he had, was it 12 targets? Mm-hmm. And how many yards did he get all together? 190. What? 180, 190, yep. You think that's a fluke, or you think that's what Jay Gruden does now? So I think part fluke, I don't think he's, I don't think that's sustainable. I don't think he's 190 yards a game, but I do think that the target share is going to increase to the tight end, and I could see him being a bigger part of the game plan, and that could put him in a position to finish as a top eight, maybe top six tight end for the year. Yeah, because Amari Cooper didn't have it. I think he had eight yards, so nine yards, one catch for nine. Just Yeah, very, nope. very mediocre. Nope. Or, Subpar. No swag, Amari Cooper. No swag this week. No swag, Amari. <laughs> That's a terrible nickname for someone. I mean, I like how it sounds, but to be called No Swag Amari, he'd probably be like, fuck you, white boy. I don't know what he would say to that. Someone please tell Amari Cooper he has no swag to his face and let, let us know his reaction. I'm very curious. And if you get punched, we apologize. Yeah, Ryan, what about you? Who are you thinking? Who's your big ad for this week? Well, and what am I going to bid on him to steal him from you in our league? This is exactly why I need you to earmuff it right now, Ryan. I'm serious. Earmuff it. All right. His ears are closed. Testing, testing, can you hear me? Ryan, we all know what happened last summer with the cantaloupe and watermelon, and I do feel obligated to tell you that it does not count as a threesome if no humans are involved. <laughs> All right. All right, Ryan can't hear me. I am after Ryan Grant hard this weekend. He is Andrew Luck's number two wide receiver, and the Colts have always had two wide receivers that produce really well. And I think that this Colts offense will have two wide receivers that produce in addition to some tight ends because their running game is so abysmal. Ryan Grant is young, very young, on a new one-year contract, and he had nine targets this week, and he caught eight of them for 59 yards. You add in a touchdown, 
if you add in a touchdown, if you add in a touchdown, that's a great day. All right, Ryan, you can do your muff now. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right. That's how seriously I take fantasy football. Against you especially. The next waiver wire guy who I am targeting with some enthusiasm this week is my boy Philip Lindsay, the running back for the Broncos. Uh, change of pace back, that's what everyone's saying. Where have I heard that before? Oh yeah, week one Alvin Kamara last year. This guy got half the touches as Royce Freeman and great looks in the passing game. And I think there's going to be two wide receivers or two running backs in Denver that could produce this year because Case Keenum loves to check that ball down. And he can get out of the pocket just enough to let his wide or running backs or wide receivers get open for a little check down. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot of that. I saw a touchdown run, the catch he had. That was a, that was a great play. Oh, absolutely. I think he's a great add, especially in PPR leagues. If he's somebody that's going to be getting five to six targets a game, that's huge value. Plus, he might get 30% of the, the running touches. I'm, he got 50% this week in know, his first game ever. Do you think that stays? Do you think that's sustainable? Why wouldn't it be? Royce Freeman, I guess from preseason, a lot of people are really high on him just for how well he looked from just the way he carried the ball, just his energy. And, I mean... Your boy is small, dude. He's like a hundred. He's like TJ size. No offense, TJ. <laughs> he's not TJ size. <laughs> I'm a wrecking crew. <laughs> I think they're gonna feed him short passes, and I think that this is just like Alvin Kamara last year, where we saw a guy come in and have a little bit of success early, nothing too big, but then ran away with the job towards the midseason. One thing that people don't really realize about Alvin Kamara though is his size. Even though he's as versatile as he is, he's a big dude. He's like 215 pounds. Your guy's a lot smaller. He's more like I compare more to like a Jarek McKinnon, which is very effective as change of pace. But Alvin Kamara is a much more well-rounded back, and I think a much bigger talent. I think it's a good add. I think in PPR leagues he could be a top twenty-five back for the season. I don't see him being to the degree Alvin Kamara from last year. I don't think it's that high. It's only one game, but I would definitely stash him in your deep leagues, especially. He's 5'8", 190. What's Kamara? Uh, he's 215. I want to say height-wise. Let's look at height, though. Size doesn't matter, everyone. First of all, I could Ryan, be in the NFL if I had the dr- determination and drive. Who cares if I'm 5'7"? Ryan tells that to his <laughs> girlfriend all the time. Size doesn't matter. Uh, I actually tell that to your mother. <laughs> Got to bring my mom into this, all right? <laughs> Who is your second waiver wire here? My second waiver wire you actually took, Ryan, Philip Lindsay. I did like him on Denver. I like the fact that he did split carries with Royce Freeman. I also like Indianapolis guy Wilkins. He was a guy that actually got some passes thrown his way. Um, he did some nice runs. So those are the two guys that um, I would be uh, very curious in on the waiver wire. What do you think about Marlon Mack? Do you think if Marlon Mack comes back, does that take away from Jordan Wilkins' value? Marlon Mack, from last year, what we learned, he was sporadic. He wasn't consistent. Um, And I think that with Jordan Wilkins in here, who was actually a little bit more elusive, and he did a little bit more with the ball, um, he could actually do a a better job with the opportunities that he has. He was more electrifying than Marlon Mack. Well, let's face it. Marlon Mack has never done anything to run away with that starting job. Nobody from the Colts has in, what, five years? Who was their last good running back? That's Eddie what I something. 
Edgerin James. Edgerin James. <laughs> what year was that? Peyton was Manning era. They had, they had someone in between there. They had Gore. Gore wasn't terrible. They but... had Trent Richardson. Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever Whoa. happened to him? Oh man. No, no. It, it was Edgerin James with Peyton Manning era, and and that. Gore. Was I think Gore did okay with him. Gore yeah. basically held down the starting job. They've it wasn't been, great. Like, like but two he, years. Yeah. They yeah. haven't had a good running back since Edgerin James. Frank Gore has been nothing but average since he's been there. And he's been there, I think he was 28 or 29 when he first got signed. So what you're saying right now is Jordan Wilkins is that next great running back. <laughs> what I'm saying is Le'Veon Bell is going to look absolutely great in that blue and white. And they should definitely trade for him. That would be sweet. So how do you feel? What do you think that does? Here's a, here's a good question on that. So you own him in your fantasy league, and he's obviously the heart of your team. You built everything around him. You're super high on him. Hated, <laughs> hated Ezekiel Elliott from the beginning, and was and just were adamant about taking Le'Veon Bell. So, how does he produce in a Colts uniform? If that happens, do you think he has the same volume and the same production that he did in the Steelers uniform? Well, first of all, that sounds just like me. <laughs> I was a big Le'Veon Bell fan there going into the beginning of the year. I definitely wanted him at three. Anyways, I think Le'Veon Bell is that moneymaker. Wherever he goes, he's going to light it up and play to his ability that he has since he's been in the NFL. And whatever jersey that is, I think he's going to do a great job. I think it's fair. Do you have a second waiver wire pick, Ryan? I do. So, a little bit, there's a, some, a lot of solid options on the waiver wire this week. One that I'm thinking, so this is a play that I think could have long-term potential maybe short term as well depending on what happens with Leonard Fournette this week so it's a it's a little bit of a risky add if Fournette ends up playing but TJ Yeldon so TJ Yeldon looked re- did really well filling in for Leonard Fournette next week I think he starts to maybe eat into a little bit of that target share he's probably not someone you're going to start if Fournette's playing but if something happens or Fournette eventually has to miss multiple weeks that's a top 15 RB right there because of the volume. Jacksonville loves to run the ball. They don't trust their passing game. And that is somebody that I think could have – that could be like one of those sneaky running backs that actually puts you in a position to win your fantasy league at the end of the season. Jacksonville will want Leonard Fournette to last the whole season. They do want him in the playoffs. So it just makes sense that they're going to add TJ Yeldon in here to help ease Fournette's carries. I agree with you there, but TJ, every time we talk about Leonard Fournette, thanks to your gaffe last year, you have to call him Larry Fournette. <laughs> Sorry, it's just... So how My bad, Larry Fournette. <laughs> there we go. So we're high on Larry Fournette's backup, TJ Yeldon. We want to get into a new segment here where we discuss the booms or busts and whether it's a trend that's going to stay or fade. So why don't you start us off here, Ryan? Who is your booms? So these are players last week that highly owned went off, and we're going to discuss if we think these players can actually sustain this type of volume and this type of production, or if it's going to be a scenario where that might have been their peak. Maybe they peaked out like Ryan in high school, and (laughs) they just fade off after that. They fade off into the abyss. So first off, Michael Thomas. So... Top performing receiver by far. Absolutely crushed it against Tampa Bay. Does he sustain that? Is he a top five wide receiver for the rest of the season? If you think that Michael Thomas's week was a fluke, then you shouldn't be playing fantasy football. He's attached to Drew Brees and one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Playing indoors at the Superdome or Mercedes-Benz Park. I don't know what this shit's called anymore. It changes so much. But 
He's attached to one of the best offenses probably the NFL has ever seen inside with Drew Brees. He's sustaining this, I think. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I think the targets are going to be there for him. He has a reliable quarterback throwing to him. As long as Drew Brees stays healthy for the entire season, Thomas is going to be a top-five receiver. That's why I took him and put up 40 points against my you know, underwhelming opponent, <laughs> Mr. Smash McGee. He did put a whooping on me. TJ, you think Michael Thomas is going to do worse? I think Michael Thomas will only do well indoors. I think outdoors, he's going to do decent, but he's going to have better games indoors. He will be a top a top 10 wide receiver, most likely a top 5 for sure, but then again, he'll have more ga- better games indoors than out. Drew Brees always throws better inside. Oh, but yeah. 100%. You can't ever sit Michael Thomas. <laughs> exactly. Just like Andrew Luck, you know, he does better indoors on turf. Um, and the same with T.Y. Hilton, but you, just, you don't sit them. So who busted this week, Ryan? So the first bust, so I don't know if you guys watched Monday night. I'm hoping, like us, the majority of you did, but Monday night, you got Matt Stafford versus the Jets. People think they're they're ready to go this year. Terrible, terrible game. Man, I just, I didn't even know. I felt bad for the dude after a while. Eight fantasy points, I believe, after a ton of interceptions. Is that is he going to be underperforming the entire year? Is that a one-time thing? First of all, let me ask you a question. Who did you feel worse for, Matt Stafford or Patricia, their new coach? <laughs> I honestly so what they what was the funniest thing? I forget who made the comment. One of the announcers made the comment. They're like, you know, it's just he's like he's always writing in a book, just trying to think of ways <laughs> to get better. And I just see him, you know, and I'm sure he'll learn a lot from this. I'm like, I guarantee all he's writing over and over again is. Please stop sucking. Please stop sucking. You know what he's writing? He's like, where's Tom? Where's Tom Brady? I need Tom Brady. Yeah, Matthew Stafford, you're good, but, you know, yeah. Brady's the GOAT. Yeah, no matter how bad they are, he can bail them out. He can bail out the Patriots. I think that Stafford is going to be what he always is. You know, he'll get 4,000 yards. It'll be very underwhelming while he does it. I think the Lions... We're looking to be a little bit better this year, but I don't know how they're going to compete in their division. I mean, now you have the Bears with what looks like a top 10 defense. Yeah. You have the Vikings, and we know about them. And then you have the Packers, yeah. who are also, as long as Aaron Rodgers are on the field, they can win the Super Bowl, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. No, I agree. I think there's a lot of game scripts that are going to dictate for him playing from behind. So that probably gets into 4,000 yards. He might, you know... Hopefully less interceptions for him throughout the year. And he could, I think, for him, I don't think he booms. I think he busts a little less, if that makes sense. Busts a little less. That <laughs> makes sense. He busts on a mediocre level. So I could see him possibly possibly getting to the top 12 to end the season. Maybe, you know, top 15 quarterback. So it's sure. going to be a part-time quarterback. If it's a good matchup, you'll play him. Yep. That makes sense. What's the over-under on Matt Stafford rushing touchdowns? One and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably take I take I think I give him two this year. I'll, I'll take the over they, on that. There's yeah. gonna be two I mean if they're off if fifteen plays like that, yeah. I'm not gonna get on the one and a half yard line. Yeah. I mean, uh who's the next boom? So the next boom player we got TJ's boner boy, Mr. Tyreek Hill, just went crazy. Wow, I couldn't like I mean high potential obviously one of the fastest dudes, maybe the fastest dude in the NFL. We knew it was there, but I did not see that type of target share happening for him. TJ, I'm going to let you lead this one because you are in love with Tyreek Hill. What are your thoughts? Yes, Tyreek the Freak. 22 miles per hour, the fastest player in the NFL to reach that speed. He can't be stopped. I mean, he burned that defense. 
and Pat McCombs, who has that cannon arm, he's going to be able to find him. Uh, they did it in the preseason. They did it the first week. They'll probably do it the second week against Pittsburgh because that game has the highest over and under at 52.5. Oh, 52.5. Wow. Uh, fire up your Tyreek Hills as far as I'm concerned. I think that Tyreek Hill, we might be looking at another top five wide receiver this year. He is the apple of Mahomes' eye. He throws the ball to him. He's truly is a freak, Ty Freak. He's fast as shit. He took his first two touches as touchdowns this week. And do you think Mahomes is going to stop looking for him? So, I think from a consistency point, I think that I mean it was an effective game plan last week. And I mean he is. I mean they have other weapons. They have other people they can throw it to. But Mahomes just seems like he's geared towards him. So, what was what was his target share last week? Well, he had eight targets and two rushes, and of course, for that DFS value, he gets punt returns. He had three total touchdowns last week. That's insane. That is crazy. Him and Michael Thomas just absolutely went off, so if you had them both in your lineups, you definitely separated yourself from the field. Michael Thomas had 16 targets in that game, and he caught 12 of them, 13 That's passes. insane. How many did Cam Meredith have? That's right, zero, because he was a healthy <laughs> fucking scratch. That was crazy to me. I did not see that coming either. Is he droppable? That's that's tough, because Ted, Ted Ginn, I think, is now the number two. So that's another person you can maybe add on your waiver wire that we didn't really touch base on. But, yeah, I, I would say at this point, I would maybe give it one more week, see how it plays out. If there's somebody you really want to go after, I don't think his upside is big enough at this point to justify a stash. So... If you have room on your bench, keep him. Let it play out for another week or two. If you need to move, if you have to make a move, he's, I'd say, droppable. Fair. So we have another bust now. So bust number two is someone we talked about earlier, and it is our boy No Swag Amari Cooper. <laughs> no Swag Amari. Man, just a rough game in general. He just wasn't a big part of the game plan, didn't really look like anything special. And Jared Cook got all the targets. He ate. Every, LaShawn McCoy got his touchdown. Amari Cooper just kind of chilled out, relaxed, and didn't really do much. So, I don't know, man. What do you guys think about Amari Cooper? I mean, he's had two down seasons in a row. And to start this for week one off, I wouldn't invest much in Amari Cooper either. Last year, Amari Cooper did okay. He wasn't that electrifying. I think Derek Carr needed to give him a lot of opportunities for him to actually do well. He's no Julio Jones, but at the same time, he's got some talent. So being the fact that he's not able to utilize those, or maybe Derek Carr doesn't have enough time to let him be open, I mean, whatever the case is, no swag Amari needs to turn this frown upside down. (laughs) A lot of frowns out of no swag Amari's camp in the last uh, couple of years. I got to say something here about Derek Carr. Is he good? Question mark And will John Gruden keep him around considering he didn't draft him? That is really good. So I think Gruden has a plan, and I think he's starting to... I don't think he's going to showcase it all right now. I think he's starting to make subtle moves. Like he's made, obviously, the Cleo Mack release. Like just Cleo Mack wasn't part of his long-term plan. I think Gruden's going to build his foundation, and he's going to create the team under the image that he wants to. He's got 10 years to do so. Yep. He's got a 10-year contract. Wow. I don't necessarily think he dismisses Carr right away, especially with that big contract, but I think that he is going to try to mold Carr in the image of the quarterback that he sees for that offense. So they could cut Carr next year and save 
He's only guaranteed six million of that twenty-one million dollar a so, year salary. So after week one, I think that's a very viable move on their part. But I think that Gruden, if, if I'm Gruden, I'm just thinking from that perspective. More than likely, he's going to at least try to see what he can work with with Carr. I think he's going to try to give him the benefit of the doubt. But if Carr's not what he needs for his offense, I mean, that would make logical sense. I think Carr probably has one year because Gruden will know if he's the guy he wants. Send him to the Bills. (laughs) Send everyone to the Bills. Derek Carr, uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Kelvin Benjamin. Oh, wait. Kelvin Benjamin's already there. Oh, man. But so, Mari Cooper, do you think he finishes inside the top 20 this year for wide receivers? I'm sorry, who? Mari No Sway Cooper. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think he finishes inside top 20 this year. Yeah. I think Amari would be trade potential either by the middle of the year or he probably will be traded uh, next year. I heard they just signed Martavis Bryant today. Yes. I heard did. that too. So, Mari Cooper, I would also say. I'm going to say outside of the top 20. I think top 25, but I don't think he makes the top 20 this year. Okay, so from now on, Amari Cooper is called No Swag Amari until he has a two-touchdown day. Until then. Okay. Then we can take the No Swag, at least for that week. Just then, that. then if he has another eight-yard game, we bring it back. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Do uh, you have another boom for us, Ray? Yep, so the last boom on the list is somebody who... Basically, I was actually I actually had a lot of ownership over in DFS. I was pretty high in him for this particular matchup. I didn't see the type of game that I didn't see the ceiling that he had and what he hit, but he did an awesome job. Emmanuel Sanders. Great great player to mention here. I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be sliding right into, you know, what Adam Thielen did with Case Keenum last year. Even Stefan Diggs, he likes those wide receivers that are quick and can get open, and that's exactly who Emmanuel Sanders is. Definitely the wrong pick on my half when I picked Demarius Thomas over Emmanuel Sanders, but I can see Demarius Thomas still doing well. He is a beast. He's a big guy, fast, <laughs> got large hands. He that's not the boom blade play, <laughs> TJ. You're talking about something. I I understand, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Emmanuel Sanders should have been the, the pick. I should have picked him instead of Demarius Thomas because he had he's a more electri- electrifying player. So just want to shout out so TJ's just officially trademarked the word electrifying, just in case you know. <laughs> um, so yes, everyone on this segment so far has been at least one partial standpoint electrifying. So loving that word now. But so for this week, yes, it was Emmanuel Sanders. Do where do I think he finishes? So. I don't necessarily think he's a 30-point-a-game wide receiver, but I do see him as a potential. What did Thielen finish? He was top 15 last year, right? Yeah. Do you think that Sanders is a top 20 this year? I think Sanders is top 20. I could see Sanders finishing in the 16 to 18 range, somewhere around there. With the sustainability, I think his target share is going to be there. I think he's going to have a lot of double-digit target games. And he's going to be, I mean, Keenum's going to throw the ball. He likes to air it out. And, yeah. Their defense isn't as good as it once was. Mm-hmm. Still good, but there's going to be games where they're battling, and mm-hmm. you know he might get ten targets regularly. I yeah. like Sanders a lot. I'm sad I missed him in all my season long leagues. Might be a good trade trade target for people right now. Absolutely, I would say not coming off that huge game in week one because people are going to want. But if he has a couple down games, so maybe look to try to trade for him once the schedule gets a little bumpy. If you see him get you know maybe a couple off games, 
then maybe you can get a good value to trade for him. Now I got to ask you about one wide receiver off topic. We give this guy a lot of shit, but he got a touchdown this week. How about Willie Sneed? <laughs> <laughs> what? He could do it. This could be his Sneed's year. He could be. I mean, you got who do you have in Baltimore? You have Michael Crabtree, who's supposed to be the number one. He got a touchdown as well. But John Brown did as well. Yep. So I mean, Joe Flacco. I mean, Flacco balling out. Although they played a pretty bad team, didn't they? They did. Um, so yeah, they played Buffalo, and obviously <laughs> they're the, they're the worst. But. Flacco actually looked pretty good in preseason. He had they drafted that new quarterback this year in the first round, so he's actually has you know some a sense of urgency behind him now. Maybe he starts balling out, and who knows? All of a sudden, all these Ravens receivers who haven't had value in years, all, they become viable. Again. Literally years. Flacco is the NFL's Joe Mauer, just <laughs> not exciting at all. Has always has a dumb look on his face, yeah. but you know he can get it done. The man's won a Super Bowl. What else can you say? And then he got a ridiculous fucking contract after that Super Bowl. And then just chilled out for. Yeah, and then this. he's like, you know what? I'll, I'm content being just average. I'm just gonna fade away at best. Give me that Eli Manning status. That's what Joe Flacco wants. Although the Eli Manning career trajectory isn't so bad. It's got two Super Bowls. It's very true. From a fantasy standpoint, sucks. <laughs> but from an actual football standpoint, which probably means a little bit more to the owners. Yes. What about a punchable face standpoint? <laughs> does he have a punchable face or no? He does. Both him and Flacco. Who do you think? Who would you rather punch? Like, if you could only punch one person for the rest of your life, would it be Joe Flacco or Eli Manning? Eli Manning, for sure. He's got I'd the go pouty Eli. face. <laughs> like, I just, I just picture like how he looked. Like his face wouldn't even change. You could hit him super hard. He'd still have the same fucking. He still looked like, he still like he just did a wet fart. <laughs> did anyone hear that? <laughs> That's Eli Manning's face. I just, oh man, just I'm just thinking about his Saturday Night Live skits, and he just keeps like, did you see him on Saturday Night Live? Okay. He just made the same dumb face all the time, just no, and everyone just like trying to fake laugh throughout. It's just oh, terrible. Man. Eli Manning, congrats on a great career. I mean, yeah. I didn't think he last. How yeah. long has it been? It feels like twenty fucking years at this point. Yeah. I'm getting old. No, that's and that's what's crazy about it. Another thing, and to go a little off topic, so you look at the Giants' EDP this year. So think about this: so you had Saquon Barkley, number six, projected overall pick. You had ODB in the top twelve. You have Evan Ingram as a top five tight end. So they projected all these Giants players insanely high, mm-hmm. and then you have Eli Manning as a quarterback. It's like how it doesn't correlate. <laughs> He's got one point five touchdowns a game to build yeah. out on average. Who's gonna get it? So I would, yeah, exactly. That just doesn't sustain that type of production for taking those players that early. Like I took Keenan Allen over ODB in two times this year. So we'll see how that plays out. But I think that's going to be a smart play. Right. And ODB, he did not get into the end zone last week, did he? Against Jacksonville, and he had a ton of catches. Yeah, yeah. He had so a ton I mean, of he'll, he'll still he'll still be good. But it's just like okay, I just don't think maybe I think he's going to be top ten, top twelve. But I think Keenan Allen is potentially be top five. See, I think Keenan Allen will be injured by week six, like he always is. <laughs> You bite your tongue, sir. Don't talk that way about Keenan. <laughs> All right, so we got one more bust. And is this player going to continue to bust, or is he going to pick it up? Who is that guy, Ray? So this guy, this is this is a tough one here. So I was actually pretty high on this guy. I thought I didn't think Buffalo was going to be good this year, but I didn't think they were going to be as miserable as they looked in week one. So we spent a lot of time just talking about them and just their – just under production, and so you got LaShawn McCoy, veteran back, workhorse back, supposed to get 20 to 25 touches a game, 2.2 points. <laughs> that might be the new normal here because yeah. 
I think he's a bust for the season. I wouldn't touch any Buffalo Bills. I would bet against the Bills. That's what my notes say here. You see the exclamation point. Bet against the Bills. Start everyone. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I still stand by that. Start everyone against the Bills, including this week. So, here, and here, here's one thing. that So, I, I, I'm not super high on him anymore, and I do sadly own him in one of my most important leagues. So, I'm not super high on him, but I don't think the Bills were quite as miserable as they look. So, one thing to keep in mind, so their, their coach, the way he does their quarterback, look what he does. Nathan Peterman, he started him last year against the Chargers. I think he threw like five interceptions. They pulled him, like, and then they finally put Tyrod back in. All of a sudden, they start doing well, right? So, this year, what does he do? He starts Nathan Peterman again, throws five interceptions, pulls him out. Then he throws his rookie quarterback in, just says, hey, we're going to feed you to the Wolves. Hey, welcome to the NFL. And then all of a sudden, it, just, it was just, it's terrible game management by the coach. I think he corrects. I don't think Buffalo, I think Buffalo's probably a 3-13 and or a 4-12 team. But I think they have games where they have, I think LaShawn McCoy is still a top 20 running back for the season. I don't think he's maybe top 10 where people thought he could be. But I think he still finishes with nine. So he's not a he's not a boom play, but he's not an ultimate bust. I would hold him for now because he has no value. And maybe if he gets a couple good games in there, you can trade and get something a little bit of an upgrade. You definitely hold him because he's just starting a running back on an NFL team. But fuck, they suck. Come on, you think they're gonna pick it up? You're you're, 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 you're calling three wins for a football team. I mean, you want to invest in that? I don't, I, won't, I don't necessarily want to invest in that, but I don't think you abandon ship on that quite yet. So LaShawn McCoy is probably not going to pay out to the value you took him. If you took LaShawn McCoy, you probably took him at the end of the second, beginning of the third round. He probably is going to have an EDP equivalent of a fifth or sixth round pick at running back if he finishes at running back 20. But I still think that's a viable option. That's an RB2. So he's going he's gonna to be an RB2 more than likely. He might have a couple good games. And... We can also see, because I think that this is, you got this dude's under fire right now. Maybe he comes with a new game plan. No one expected Tampa to do what they did. I think I think that there's still some potential there. All right. I want all of our listeners to know Ryan just called the Bills to pick it up and have a good season. I, that is not, I said three wins. Is three wins a good season? You just said they're going to come out firing like Tampa Bay. <laughs> no, I didn't. Now you're putting words in my mouth. I said, look at what Tampa Bay did. So just to clarify, so Ryan doesn't manipulate my words to try to bring this back five weeks from now when the Bills are 0-6. I don't believe in the Bills this year, but I believe LaShawn McCoy is a top 20 running back. That's what I'm saying. Fair. And I think that there's 32 teams, so he's got to be better than 12 running backs. I think he's better than the Colts uh, because they don't have Le'Veon Bell yet. (laughs) But I don't think he'll be worth playing really I think he's going to be on the bench towards the end of the season or injured injury is a possibility he's 30 I don't like investing in running backs after age 30 so there's our first boom and bust segment now let's focus on some more of the DFS stuff which players this week are in prime spots to blow up and have good weeks let's start with the quarterback position and let's go to you Ryan so quarterback this year I think there's a couple of interesting spots so I'm not going to, I think there's an obvious one, but I'm going to go a little less obvious. And I'm going to actually go with my boy, former Viking and Minnesota Miracle himself, Case Keenum. Uh, he's in a good spot against Oakland, who didn't look very strong on defense. Obviously, no more Cleo Mack, so the pass rush might not get to him as much. 
He is prone. He did throw three interceptions last week, but the nice thing about Fandle is you only lose one point for an interception, so the interception doesn't throw you off that much. I think that game script could be a lot of back-and-forth passes. I think Case Keenum could get two or three touchdowns this week, and he's only $6,700. And they're at home. Yep. That's always a big deal in the beginning of the season when you play at home in Denver because, you know, Denver, the Broncos are used to playing at that altitude. The opposing teams aren't. And they get a little tired early. All right, I'm going to go next, and I like this guy. He's going to do exactly what Mr. Fitzmagic did, but he's going to be Tyrod Taylor. He's going to go into New Orleans, play inside, and have a good game. They have nothing to lose. He's 6600 That's a very affordable price, and I think that he is going to get three total touchdowns, and I know he's going to get some rushing yards. I think he's going to get at least three total touchdowns. At least three. At least That's three. bold for Tyrod. Two Ty- passing, one rushing. Excuse me, it's Ty God. <laughs> Ty God Taylor. Yeah, everyone's worried about how to say it. it's pronounced Ty God, but I do think he has a good week. Maybe three guaranteed is a little much. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think he's going to have a good game at that $6,600 price point, especially when you know Drew, Drew Brees is 8800 above him. I think you can sneak in a lot more bang for your buck if you have a – lower-priced quarterback this week. So I'm not saying I don't like Tyrod this week. I think that's a decent play. Now, here's a question I have, though. So Saints D came into this year projected to do pretty well. So they actually had a good season year last year. I know that they didn't show that against Tampa Bay. Do you think that was an anomaly, or do you think that they're just going to give up a lot of points this season? Man, I have them in my season-long league. I don't like them. I just don't. The Saints, they never do good on defense. They never have, and I feel like they never will. All they do is rely on Drew Brees to score 30, 40 points a game to beat beat teams, and I think that's just in their makeup right now. I don't trust their defense. Do you? So I can't. I don't like to put too much stock into one game. I think the first game of the season always throws it off. I think there's a lot of suspect going on, and I think Tyga or we'll say Tyga, we'll go Tyga. <laughs> He's a good tournament play because he has high upside. But I think this game will be telling of how maybe the, if the Saints can step it up on defense like they were projected to do. Now you say Ty God, but I don't believe you mean it. <laughs> I don't believe you mean Ty God Taylor. He can do it this week. <laughs> All right, TJ, who are you on? For QBs, I do like Case Keenum as well. Um, I like two of the two of the rookies, actually. They do have good matchups. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, I really like him against the Steelers. That's, again, the highest over and under. Um, you got Antonio Brown on the other side running wild. You got Tyreek Hill on Kansas City running wild. I think it's going to be a showcase, an aerial showcase of two gunslingers. I just don't think that the way that Roethlisberger is, is injured slightly, that they're going to run more with James Conner. Pittsburgh's going to try to slow the game down, but I don't think they can because of what Kansas City and Andy Reid can do. So Patrick Mahomes it is. It's going to be a shootout, definitely. Yeah. Highest total on the slate, I believe. Yep, at highest over 100 for sure. And that quick hit two of our receivers right there. So two of our top projected receivers this week are on that game. So we got Antonio Brown and Tyreek Hill. I think Antonio is just in a prime spot. Kansas City is projected to have one of the worst defenses this year. What's Antonio Brown's ownership this week? He's probably the chalk. I would say the chalk play, so I'm 45 to 50%. Really? I don't think he's that high. I would say is. him and Michael Thomas are, are the chalk. Michael Thomas is home against Cleveland, so you got New Orleans at home against Cleveland. And after Cleveland. that game, so maybe you're right with Thomas, with Thomas probably being 
that high owned to maybe Antonio slips to 35%. I think this is a good week to pay down on running backs a little bit mm-hmm. because you have great options in wide receiver. Now, TJ, we don't have much time to touch on this, but was your other rookie quarterback Sam Darnold? Whammy, you nailed it. He was my other quarterback that I liked. The fact that he's young, he's got a great arm, he's got a lot of different weapons, and yeah, he can just he can just really show that he's very versatile, and he showed that in week one. Whammy, I love your catchphrases, TJ. Uh, but I am definitely on the Sam Darnold train this week, simply because it's his first game at home, and he's going to get a lot of love from that New York crowd. And he came back after you know a first throw interception, I believe, to play a really good game against Detroit, and I think he's going to do that against a weaker team at home this week. So we did touch on some of our wide receivers there. Are there some other wide receivers that you like this week, Ryan, besides this hot fantasy take of Antonio Brown and Tyreek Hill? So wide receivers, I think those are, I mean, there's their obvious plays at wide receiver this week, but I think if we go a little bit down the wire and we actually look for somebody that can maybe get you a little bit more value down a little bit lower on the slate, and I'm going to go with my boy Case Keenum's weapon. So I think you have Emmanuel Sanders and Demaryius Thomas, 68 and 7,200. So if he's going to throw, let's say, two touchdowns, maybe three, there's a good chance each one of them get one. Maybe it goes one way, maybe it goes the other. So I'll probably play with a few different stack options here. I might go one with Keen- and one maybe even with both receivers. I was going to say, I sense a double stack coming from your yeah. eye. <laughs> Got to love those double stacks. I mean, that's where you can be efficient. That's what made all the money last week is having the double stack with, well, if you had Thomas and Alvin Kamara last week, they performed at an elite level. That's so. a double stack, folks. Two wide receivers or two players with a quarterback. Yeah. And running backs like Kamara are definitely stackable because they catch a lot of passes. Yeah. Philip Lindsay might even be in that this week as well. That would be an interesting pivot. I mean, who knows? Philip Lindsay has another six, seven catch game, and maybe he sneaks in the touchdown. How about in our friends league, you do uh, a quadruple stack <laughs> of Case Keenum, Philip Lindsay? Philip Lindsay, Tamaris Thomas, and Emmanuel Sanders. You see that happening? If I mean, there's still a chance of that performing because I mean, one of them is probably going to be. I mean, if, they, if it's a 41 point offense and Keenum gets a crazy four touchdown game like Fitzpatrick, I mean, that's a viable stack. But more than likely, in the more competitive leagues, I'll just do one receiver, maybe both of them in one or two. But yes, just for funsies. If you had to bet one, would it be Sanders? I actually think it's Thomas this week, just by a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think they tend to go back and forth, and I think game plan is going to shift to Sanders based on what they saw last week. And I think you got that you got Demarius Thomas, a big-bodied receiver, somebody that's an easy and big target for Keenum to throw to. I know he likes those slots, but I think that this is actually a week that Thomas kind of might shine. Now, which wide receiver do you think is going to do the best in the Minnesota-Green Bay game? That's another good one. I mean, you have two receivers kind of matched or matched up there. Um, that are very close in price point. I think seventy six and seventy four hundred dollars. Man, um, I would if I had to pick, I would probably say Diggs because I think he shines in big spots. I think you know you look at the, what happened in the Minnesota Miracle Game and just what he just got that big contract. I think Thielen's going to get a good amount of targets and I think he's going to perform as well. But I think Diggs is going to be the better performer. Now there's another big game that I want to know who you're targeting here, Ryan. 
The Cleveland-New Orleans game. You missed out on Tampa Bay wide receivers last week. Who are you targeting on the Cleveland side this game, assuming it goes towards game script? That's a good question. So it's a tricky spot because Josh Gordon caught his touchdown last week but wasn't a big part of the game plan. I think that changes this week. I think they start to get him more involved. I think they start to trust him a little bit more. I think he showed that he was able to play through injury last week. So... Landry's probably more of a safety blanket. He might get more targets, but I think the top performer is going to be Josh Gordon. I think he makes a you know one or two big plays in that in that spot. Probably gets in the end zone for a touchdown. So I think the top performing receiver on the opposite end is going to be Josh Gordon. Well, I'm going to be sure to stack him then because I do like the Cleveland Browns to score some points and the other side of the ball this week. Going to be a very highly owned game. Yeah. So now let's pivot to running backs. Uh, there are a couple running backs that are in great spots this week. I'll start us off here. I really like this week, I have to say, Melvin Gordon. Hot fantasy take here, but he's probably in line to get another 20 touches and at least a touchdown in a route of the Buffalo Bills. Would you agree with that, Ryan, or do you think this is the week that Buffalo Bills defense shuts Melvin Gordon down? That's who I was going to say. So, yes, um, I do agree with that, Ryan. I think that... He's, he's in a great spot. He had a, he had a solid week last week. I think Buffalo's defense showed a lot of vulnerability. And that's it's somebody that I think that's going to be – he's probably going to be decently owned, but he might be a little under-owned because you got, you know, um, you got people like Connor going against KC. You might be the chalk again after last week. You got Kamara in a good spot. You have Gurley going against Arizona. So you might get Melvin Gordon at 15% ownership at around that same price point, and that could be a good pivot – so for myself, looking at the running backs here, I actually see somebody that did, had a pretty decent week last week, so I can't believe his price point's still that low. He did save his week with two touchdowns, so his usage wasn't that high, but Jay Ajayi. So you have Jay Ajayi against Tampa Bay at $6,800. Last week was a little bit of a weird one for him. He didn't get really involved in the passing game, so I was a little concerned. Is he ever? Not, not as much. He only got 15 carries, but he got two touchdowns in. I think game script filters a little bit because I think there's a chance that Philly, a good chance that Philly's playing from ahead. That means more rushes. Maybe he gets 22 to 25 touches. At least gets one. So I like him for 15 to 20 points this week, and I think that makes for a solid flex play. Uh, at 6,800, that's a great flex play. And yeah. Doug Peterson said they're using him. He's a workhorse back, yeah. back now, and I think they're going to use him. Till he can't run anymore, to be honest. TJ, who do you like at running back this week? You guys did take the chalk, Melvin Gordon. But the guy that I like that I think still going to rumble on in a good matchup this week is our man all day, AP. I, you're right about that. I feel you. I think he's going to just... He's going to be that workhorse. He catches passes, which we didn't expect. I mean, he looked really good last week. And he's going to look really good this week as well. They have a good matchup at home against Indianapolis, and they're going to want to keep that offense off the field as best as they can. All right, so we're running a little long this week, so we have one more position to touch on for DFS, and then we're on to the favorite part of the show, the sneaking it ins. So tight ends, does anybody have a really good read on tight end this week? TJ, you want to start us off? Ooh, 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 I do. Ever since Delaney Walker went down... Who I believe is turning like 35 this year, so I don't think he's going to be around next year. His ligament's done for the year. Yeah, he's gone for the year. Mariota's not looking so hot either. 
but Mariota likes throwing to his tight ends. So the next man up is this guy named Janu Smith. He's a, he's a freak. He's like 6'6", 260 pounds. He's got some extremely large hands, I heard. So I think he's going to be catching those passes. He's going to be carrying people. And maybe he might be on the has football carrying guys in the end zone. Yeah, that's a really good call. 4,200, that's his prime sneaking it in play, to be honest. Uh, for myself, so it's funny that you said Reed because that is actually the last name of the tight end I like a lot this week. So you look at somebody, you look at somebody who had a solid week last week. Alex Smith loves to target his tight ends. He's somebody I was big on in drafts. I think his ADP fell in standard leagues because of the injury concern. Mm-hmm. So you have Jordan Reed, $6,200. Great matchup against Indianapolis at home. And I think there's a really good chance he gets in the end zone this week. I think he gets 8 to 10 targets. Wow. Yeah. He'll definitely be good as long as he's healthy. And Indianapolis is just not a good defense. They haven't been since, I mean, since they had a good running back, really, which has been fucking 10 years almost. For me, I'm going to go, actually, with the team we're just talking about, Indianapolis. I like their tight ends. Flip a coin, who you think is going to get the touchdowns? Doyle and Ebron both got a fair amount of targets last week so just because Ebron scored last week I'm gonna go Doyle this week uh really not much into that so take that with a grain of salt I just know that Luck likes throwing to his tight ends and he continued that this week Najoku might be another good start there too at 5300 yeah but don't listen to me too much for tight ends because I haven't read too much into it yet up next is the defense and we have about 30 seconds so why don't we all just uh listen to ryan and what you have to say for defense it's chargers lock it in um they're going to be the most logical pick they're playing against the bills who were atrocious last week they are a solid defense they're going to perform and i believe their price point is forty four hundred dollars so very very affordable defense they are playing on the road so i guess that can be concerning sometimes but because they're coming, you're getting a discount because they're coming off of a shootout game against Kansas City last week, mm-hmm. and they're playing a, a rough team. So I think they're in a spot to definitely hit strong value there. I have a theory about Thursday night games, and if it's a good home defense, take them because they tend to do pretty well. Uh, more towards the end of the year when teams are tired, but even this Thursday, Cincinnati at home might have a decent, decent chance against Baltimore. TJ, any defensive thoughts? Defensively, I do like Chargers. I think they're going to be just the team. They're going to be owned by everybody this week. And and they're at a great price point. I would take the Rams, but the Chargers, you can just fit more people. They're better value. All right. So this brings us to the most wonderful time of the show. It's like Christmas around these bars, and that is the sneaking it in plays. For the new listeners, sneaking it in not only is the name of our podcast but it is also our trademark for position picks each broadcast we choose a player who's under $5,500 in FanDuel pricing to have a good week and outperform their price so last week we had three great picks and two of them did really well unfortunately mine was not one of them and I am on my way to losing this bet so last week Ryan had Mike Williams TJ had John Ross. John Ross and I had Frank Gore. I want to blame the weather for Frank Gore. I mean, they just he couldn't find a rhythm in that game. It was lightning here, lightning there. Everyone taking two-hour delays. 
All the weather, yes. Nothing to do with the fact that he's 47 years old and still in the NFL. He's 43. <laughs> uh, TJ got a day, his day salvage. I think John Ross had one catch for three yards. But it what was a catch. that touchdown. What a touchdown. Yeah, which put him up there. Mike Williams had a decent amount of target share. Ended up with 10 fan, er, FanDuel points. So nothing crazy, but a nice, inexpensive flex play to put in to help build around. Oh, so. yeah. He was, what, 5,000, 5,200 or something? 5,500, yeah. That's good for 10 points. That's good for 10 points and a sneaking it in win. So congrats to you, Ryan, and to any viewers who chose Ryan for our season-long Oakley giveaway. So who do you like this week, right? Why don't you start us off? You you won. So this week is a little interesting. I think you got a lot of value plays out there. I'm going to go with somebody. So I really liked TJ's take on Sam Darnold being at home, being in a spot where he's just excited to be there, excited to finally be in the NFL living his dream. First time in the home front after a great win against Detroit. Look at Quincy and Numa last week. Ten targets, six catches for 53 yards and a touchdown. So... Performed on a phenomenal level, and I think this is a week where Qu- Quincy might get double-digit targets again. So I'm going to go Quincy Anunua. That's how you pronounce Anunua. Anunua. However, it's pronounced. You nailed it. Yep. Uh, Five thousand dollars this week, so I think a great value helps you to build around and get those higher-priced receivers and maybe fit in a top-tier quarterback or running back. So I'm going with my boy Quincy. Kind of a cheap pick because the only reason he's five thousand dollars is because the FanDuel pricing comes out Monday nights. Yes. So, great pick. And that's that's a very valid point, too. So, if you have you target players off Monday night games and the FanDuel pricing came out before they played, then you actually get to kind of get a good gauge and you get to give yourself a little bit ahead of the field. So, he might be kind of highly owned, um, but I think he's a great value. <laughs> He'll be very highly owned. But, again, how can you not take him after coming out for that game? TJ, you were second place last week with your John Ross and his beautiful touchdown. Who do you like this week? Another person that I like, who's the exact same price as Quincy, he's on the most hated team on this half of the of the <laughs> river, and that is the Green Bay Packers. I really like Geronimo Allison, the wide receiver. He did really well with his opportunities last week against the Bears, against one of their better um, defensive backs. This week, I believe he's going to do well. He's also going to catch... Hopefully a handful of passes and another TD as well. So for five thousand, I think he can get five or six catches, seventy yards, and another TD. The Packers are going to need it against that Vikings secondary. So any help they can get, um, they just they just need it. Ryan, what about you? I think that it's a bold call to pick a third wide receiver going against the Vikings, but one touchdown seals the sneaking it in fate. For me, I gotta go with my boy I talked about earlier, and that is Philip Lindsay for the Broncos at home, going against Oakland, who their defense isn't bad. I mean, you gotta remember they went against the Rams in their top scoring offense from the year before. They're a legit team, and I thought they actually played them pretty well at home, except for a, a couple of hiccups that really fucked them. So I like Philip Lindsay to outscore at least Geronimo Allison. I don't know about uh, Inun. Inun was. I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> Inun, Inun was going to outscore the shit out of your boy. but <laughs> QE is a weird initial. I don't know anyone yeah. in that. So if you would like to follow us on our Twitter and shout us out at who you think is going to score the most points as a sneak it in play, you'll be entered for that drawing for Oakley's at the end of the year. And you honestly have a pretty good chance to win 
because we didn't have as many entries as we'd like last week. But going forward, this is going to be something that we'll post on our Twitter probably right after the the podcast gets put up. It'll be a little early this week. Absolutely. And just as a side note, we do have a bet between us where whoever is the lowest finisher and has the lowest amount of wins this year is actually going to have to do a punishment. So we're still debating on the exact thing, but it's we're thinking something along the lines of standing out in a t-shirt in the wintertime that says, I suck at fantasy football. But we're also open if you guys have other suggestions on that. I can't wait to see what TJ's punishment's going to be after he keeps taking picks like a wide receiver against the Vikings. I suggest we make someone shoot a fire or shoot a bottle rocket out of their ass. Huh? How about that? That, And you can write, I suck at fantasy football on the person's ass. (laughs) We'll we'll think about that. We'll we'll go. We're still in the... I just just don't know what we're going to have TJ do here, but... Do you notice a big smile on TJ's face? He got really excited. From that suggestion? Wow. Well, let TJ... Yeah. You, you guys already thought that I was going to lose this one, but remember, I'm in second place. Ryan's the odd man out over here. I am. I, I regret taking Frank Gore. Uh, but everyone, bet on Philip Lindsay this week. And this is... The show's been a little longer than we normally make it. Uh, over an hour. But thanks for hanging in there and listening to us. I just got to say, everybody, happy, happy footballing this weekend. Let's go out there. Let's go out there and make some Quan, y'all. And you know what's sneaking it in. We are all about that value. Let's get it. Thanks a lot, guys. Have Until a great- next time. <laughs>